We, we could have kept worshiping. What key were we in, D? We don't need it. I, I, I was in the back and I came over here to the side and, and God put this, uh, just this melody in my head. It's, I, it's not a song that anybody knows. Sometimes God does that to me. Um, uh, there is a stronghold on our identities. And so as we walk through this passage we're going to walk through today, I was just, I was drawn to uh, God put this melody in me because this is something I need to sing for me and this may be for somebody else too. It, just, it simply says, God make me more like you. Ooh. Make me more like you. All I want to be is more like you. Make me more like you. Every day, make me more like you. All I want to be is more like you. It, it's, it's, It's more than a song. It's, it's a prayer. It's a prayer. It's a prayer. We're going to be looking at Proverbs, uh, the 31 chapter. It's a prayer. And I want you to pull your Bibles out or, or your apps out if you got it, because some of these scriptures are going to come up on the screen. Some of them, we're just, I'm going to get through them really quickly so we kind of understand what's going on here. But I want to set this premise up really quickly. Uh, I know we're talking about uh, the Proverbs 31 woman, what it looks like to be a Proverbs 31 woman. But this passage is not just for women. This is not a woman's passage. While this, it starts off, this is actually a mother talking to a son. That's what it is. It is King Lemuel who is transcribing what his mother said to him. He's, she's basically saying, this is the kind of woman you should be looking for. And it's good to have the kind of mama that would tell her son, this is what you need to be looking for. It's good to have the kind of father because he's, this is being transcribed also to sons to know what kind of woman you should be looking for. But it also takes several pauses. And it says, son, there's some stuff you need to be doing too. This is not simply just about the women alone. This is also about men. In, in all essence, it's really about everybody. But as we reflect on this example in Proverbs, remember that this is about what wisdom looks like in real time. We're going to dive into this. This, this is not a to-do list for women as we see some of this that's happening. This, is, this passage actually reveals wisdom in action. It paints a picture of what it looks like when wisdom rules our life. This is what a wise woman looks like. I am a father of five. I have two boys, three girls. I've had these conversations in my home, like what you should be looking for. What kind of women am I trying to raise? What kind of boys am I trying to raise? And we say some real stuff in our house. We don't play. We don't play. Here's one of the reasons why I, I don't play, because as a father to girls, I never wanted some dude to have a slick tongue that would convince my daughter to do something that she 
shouldn't do. There is no man on this planet that exists currently that has ever told my daughters that they are more beautiful than I have. There will not be a man on this planet until they get married that's going to tell them that they're more beautiful than me because I'm not going to let any one of you jokers (laughs) pretty up or fancy up to one of mine and you think you're going to do better than me. I, I have to set the standard and set the example. Even with my boys, we've done the same thing. You open doors. Chivalry ain't dead. We, we open doors and, and we pull out chairs. I, I had somebody the other, my wife and I, we've been together for almost 30 years. I still open the door when we go out. I still open the door. I had somebody come up to me once and say, and they, they weren't in my family. They say, you ain't got to do that no more. My response to her was, I want to do it. Why, why wouldn't I want to treat her like she's the most precious thing on the planet? So yeah, I'll open the door. I, I'll lay my coat down so she doesn't have to walk into a puddle. I'll do whatever it takes because she's my queen. And I ain't going to let no sucker out here try to make her feel better than me. So back to the text. So this, this Proverbs 31 is, is written in what's called an enconium. It's a, a, a poem uh, of sorts, but it's a poem of life. It's a poem of wisdom. And, and one of the first things that I want to share with you is we talked about this identity. What does it look like to be a Proverbs 31 woman? It, it lays it out simply, and we're not going to go through everything. We're just going to cu- touch a couple of these pieces. What does it look like to be a Proverbs 31 woman? One, it's knowing whose you are. Knowing whose you are. Proverbs 31 and 10 says this. Thank you. Proverbs 31 and 10 says, a wife of noble character, who can find? She is worth far more than rubies. She's worth far more than rubies. Identity is created, first of all, by an outside source. Your parents give you your identity. They tell you who you are. You bear their last name. You look like your daddy. You got your mama's nose. You, you got your daddy's feet. You got your mama's ears. That's, that's how you know, ooh, that's, that's your, if you've seen all my children, you'd be like, ooh, those are your kids. You could not deny them if you tried. They look like me. They act like me. This is it generally, initially, where we get identity from, and this is also where we get our worth from. So, Wife of a noble character who can find she is worth far more than rubies. She's worth far more than the highest treasures. When you know who you are, your value and your worth is set by God and not by culture. 
See, culture will try to tell you who you are. Y'all have seen the Instagram. You've seen the TikToks. Culture will try to convince you that you're this person. If you, if you look like this or you act like this, then this must be who you are. If you, if you have these little uh, uh, idiosyncrasies, if you have these little things, then this must be your heart. And sometimes we're, we find ourselves drawn into those things. And you go, yeah, I got a big old head too. Some months be wrong with my head. I identify with the big head people. Oh, don't act like you haven't done it. Maybe your head is not big, but maybe, maybe you feel like, oh, I don't sleep well, so then I must be an insomniac. Uh, I, I, I have stress sometimes, so then I'm anxiety-driven, or, or sometimes I sad, so I must be depressed. We, we've identified, we've, we've given ourselves our own diagnosis based on something that we saw on a seven-second video. Because we don't know our value or our worth. You have to be aware of your value and your worth because your value, your value comes from your self-perception. What do you think about you? This is value. What do you think about you? When you look in the mirror, what do you think about you? Both of these microphones seem to be feeding back. We fixing it? Hello. I didn't know that it deserved an applause, but. What do you think about you when you look at yourself in the mirror? Before you fall asleep at night, what do you think about you? Have you ever, I'm, everyone has taken the time to think about, but have you ever taken the time to write it down? What do I see when I look at me? Not what I think other people see when they look at me. What do I think about me? That's value. Worth is how much you cost. Worth is determined by an outside source. Value is your self-identity. Worth is your outside source. Worth is what would someone pay for you? What would someone pay for you? Uh, 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 because I think my, my children's worth is high, I tell my daughters this specifically. Because you are worth so much, no one can buy you for McDonald's Happy Meal because you're worth more than that. No one can buy you for a gold chain. No one can buy you for saying you cute and you pretty and I think you sexy. You're worth more than that. You're worth so much more than that that Jesus died for you. That's the cost. How much do I cost? I cost death. That, that's my worth. If you, if you want to be with me, you got to be willing to die. That hit somebody over there. That... But when you know all of this is wrapped up when you know whose you are. When you know whose you are, you can identify your value and your worth. 
When I know whose I am, it doesn't matter what I think about me. Only thing that matters is what he says about me because I belong to him. Psalm 139, and, and it says this. This is one of my wife's favorite passages. It says, for you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. I'm fearfully and I'm wonderfully made. Who made me? The creator of the universe, the same one who designed every star and calls them out by name. He made me. The Bible says that the, what he thinks about you individually is more than the sands on the earth. So that's whose you are. So not only is it important that you know whose you are, you also have to know who you are. Sounds very similar, Pastor Darrell. I know, that's why I did it that way. Proverbs 31 and 25 says this. She says, she is clothed with strength and dignity. She can laugh at the days to come. When you know who you are, you live within your identity and you operate within your gifts. When you know who you are, you live within your identity and you operate within your gift. It says she's clothed with strength and dignity. Not because her outward appearance needs achievement. This is not about what she looks like on the outside. This is about her knowing who her creator is and identifying with her creator so she walks in the confidence and assurance trusting in God's plan for her future. I know who I am. You can't talk to me any way you want to talk to me because I know who I am. You can't approach me any way you want to approach me because I know who I am. I don't, I don't eat everything because I know who I am. I don't date everybody because I know who I am. I don't watch everything because I know who I am. I don't wear everything everybody else wears because I know who I am. I'm going to get to the next point. I'm, I'm, try, I'm, I'm trying to stop myself from jumping ahead. I, I am, this sounds like a Baptist church over here. This is, I'm, I'm going to preach to this side in a minute. I, I am so utterly offended. I'm so utterly offended by how the world and the enemy attacks our identity and we let them do it. I'm not surprised that the devil don't like you. He's not supposed to, because you're fine. Do you know that the Bible calls, uh, uh, Lucifer calls Satan, it says that he's beautiful. I know sometimes the imagery that we have of what, what Lucifer or what the devil looks like is this ugly demon with arms and a, and a red tail and maybe even a cape. No. The Bible says he's beautiful and he's wise. We, we think he's going to show up punching you in the face. No, 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 no. He's not going to show up punching you in the face. He's going to show up in a little Uzi song.
I, I know, because everybody is looking for, de- for the devil to be, for, for you to be like, oh, I know, I can identify the devil. Oh, no, you can't, because it looks like Taylor Swift. Now, now don't get me wrong. If there's any Swifties in the building, I don't want to see the people outside with flags or anything like that. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is the enemy shows up cunning. He shows up wise. And here's the thing. Don't believe you're smarter than the devil. You're not. None of us are. We are not smarter than Satan. You're not. The only way we win is that we know whose we are and who we are. And when, I, and when my confidence in my identity is in the one who created me, it doesn't matter how pretty this looks. It, it doesn't matter how pretty the song is. It doesn't matter how sexy the dress is. It doesn't matter how nice his beard comes out of his face with his little stubble and he's got his chest hair showing. None of those things matter. Because trust me, trust me, the enemy is going to show up sometimes looking like a Christian. He will show up sometimes looking like a worship leader. But when you know whose you are and you know who you are, you can easily identify what is not authentic. When you are not confident and sure in who God created you to be, you can be fooled because you will always be looking for someone to fill the gaps that you created. Let me get back to the text. Y'all don't want to hear nothing. You know whose you are. You know who you are. And here's this one, the part I like. What does it look like to be a virtuous woman? If you bring to the table, you bring to the table. Like we live in this culture now, it's like, you know, what do you bring to the table? I am the table. You ain't. We've all heard it. I, I am. The, you not no table. Stop. It, it's, it's, a, it's a really shallow way of saying, I don't bring nothing, just me. When you know who you are and whose you are, you bring. You bring things. What, what does she bring? Let's look at what she brings. Proverbs 31 and 12 It says, she brings him good, not harm, all the days of her life. She brings him good and not harm all the days of her life. So what's good? I'm going to tell you what's real. I'm going to read this real fast. I just want y'all to listen. This is verse 17, and we're going to go all the way to verse uh, 29. I'm going to read this really quickly. You ready? 
She sets about her work vigorously. Her arms are strong for her task. She sees that her trading is profitable and her lamp does not go out at night. In her hand, she holds the distaff and grabs a spindle with her fingers. She opens her arms to the poor and extends her hands to the needy. When it snows, she has no fear of her household for all of them are clothed in scarlet. She makes coverings for her bed. She is clothed in fine linen and purple. Her husband is respected at the city gate where he takes his seat among the elders of the land. She makes all linen, she makes linen garments and sells them and supplies the merchants with sashes. She is clothed with strength and dignity can laugh and she speaks with wisdom and faithful instruction is on her tongue. She watches over the affairs of her household and does not eat the bread of idleness. Her children arise and call her blessed. Her husband also and he praises her. She brings she brings intellect and, and intention and ideas and compassion and, and empathy and wisdom and entrepreneurship. She brings. She brings. What do you bring? When you know whose you are and who you are, you know what you bring. You, you are intent in seeing on what is it that God has placed in me? What gift has God shared with me? What, what ways have God called me to use my hands for his pleasure? I bring, I bring. When you know you bring, you know you can't be with someone who don't even have a table. Yeah, some of y'all didn't get that. If you know you bring, then you can't be with nobody who don't bring. This side. When I know who I am and whose I am, we're not eating on my lap. because she brings. And then I love what it says, I love what it says about the man too. This is for the men. Men? Okay. Boys? Let's try it again. Men? In verse 23, it says this, her husband, her man, is respected at the city gate. Her husband, her man, is respected in public. And he takes his seat among respected men. Her man is respected. Her man, her man, her man, her man, her man, is respected. The only way that he can be respected is if he is respectful. See, because I know who I am and I know whose I am, that I can't be with someone who's not respected. Lord, I just, oof. Mark. Then verse 29 it talks to the men again. It says, many women do noble things, but you surpass them all. 
Men? Are y'all not sure? It was like y'all had to think about, is that me, is that me? Yeah. Men? Thank you. It says, many women do noble things, but you surpass them all. What does that mean? Many women do noble things, but you surpass them all. Men, this is specifically for you. There are a lot of women who are nice and are Christian and who are good, but they ain't all yours. They not all yours. Church is not a grocery store. There, there, are some, there are some wonderful, beautiful Christian women that ain't for you. Many women do noble things, but you surpass them all. Why? I'm surpassing them for the one that's mine. I, I'm surpassing them for the one that belongs for me. I, I'm surpassing them for the one that God has chosen for me. Ooh, I'm, I'm in a whole nother sermon. I'm going to stop. This, this woman, she's not afraid to step into her entrepreneurship. It doesn't mean she's trying to be a boss babe. It, 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 that's not what it means. Culture has tried to convince you that, one, uh, you don't need no man. And let's be clear. I've taught my daughters to do stuff. Do, do, they, do they need a man? No, because they got their daddy. But do they need a man? Yes, because we are a complement to your existence. And you are a complement to ours. Some of y'all don't like that. I, I, listen, I'm, I'm just telling, I'm talking to y'all like we in my house. Like we just being real. We have these conversations in our home. We talk about how to dress in our home. We talk about what looks well and what doesn't look well. We, we talk about, I've said words like, is this being recorded? Of course it is. <laughs> Cut this part out. <laughs> Edit this. I, I've said in my own house, I said, I have not raised any whores. <laughs> oh, I know some people got their mouths open. It's in the Bible. Uh, <laughs> and so when, when we've talked about things like uh, outfits and, and what you wear, I'm involved. I, I'm involved. Why? Because I'm a father and I care about my children. I'm involved. I don't let my kids just do whatever they want to, however they want to do it, whenever they want to do it. Why? Because you belong to me. You don't belong to you. You belong to me. I'm your father. I will always be your father. And you belong to me until someone who's the right someone comes to get you. Until then, I'm involved. I care. I probably care too much. So, deal with it. You belong to me. You don't have a bedroom. I have a bedroom that I let you live in. You ain't got a phone. I got a phone. 
that I let you use. But I care about you. We care, but we even do, we do, all of my kids sing, they're on the worship team. I say, we even do worship clothes. We, we, and, and they're great now. This was much when they were young. I said, we, we got to check and make sure that's a worship outfit. What does that mean, Daddy? It's a worship outfit. It means if you lift your hand and I see your belly button, that's not holy. <laughs> Why? What's wrong with my belly button? Baby, ain't nothing wrong with your belly button. You got one of the prettiest belly buttons that I've ever seen. But now is not the season for you to be showing everybody your belly button. So when you lift them up, I don't want all the guys, their attention to be on your belly button. I wanted it to be on Jesus. And if you were one of my daughters, you'd say, well, daddy, that's on them. It is on them, but boys are stupid. I'm a boy. I know how stupid we are. So I'm trying to help you help them not be so stupid. So of all of the things that it said, it gets down to 31 and it says this, which is my favorite passage, uh, chapter of this whole thing. Proverbs 31 and 30. It says, charm is deceptive and beauty is fleeting. But a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. This, this virtuous woman, this woman of God, this Proverbs 31 woman is not confined to a specific role or occupation. Uh, she's noble. She has qualities of strength and dignity, wisdom in every aspect of her life. She rises early to provide for her household. She demonstrates commitment to her family and doing well. She is industrious and entrepreneurial. She uses her talents and her skills to contribute to her community. She's clothed with strength and honor, facing life's challenges with grace and resilience. But the most striking aspect of Proverbs 31 is that a woman, a Proverbs 31 woman, is one who fears the Lord. It's her reverence for God that guides her actions. I, I fear the Lord. I, I, I fear, there's a difference between just saying, I love Jesus and I fear the Lord. So there's a lot of people who, who love church and they love community and even love Jesus, but do you also fear him? Not, not scared of him, but, but are you in awe and reverence of who he is? Do you fear him? Because when you fear him, it will guide every decision that you make. Every decision, even what you think about yourself when you fear him. When you fear him, you won't look in the mirror and say, I'm not good enough. Because I fear him because I know what he says about me. When you fear him, you won't look in the mirror and say, I'm not tall enough or I'm not skinny enough or I'm not big enough or I need more or something's wrong with my eyes or my eyelashes or my lips or my hands or I wish I was smarter. When you fear him, you go, I'm exactly how he made me and what he wants me to be and in him I'll grow to be something even more but I'm what he's calls me he says that I'm fearfully and I'm wonderfully made he says that I'm worth dying for he says I'm redeemed he says I'm peculiar he says I'm chosen he says I'm fine that's what he says 
So it doesn't matter what anybody else says about me. It doesn't matter what my mother, my father, my siblings, or anybody out in the streets say about me because none of them created me. None of them know my inmost being. None of them know the intricacies of my life, but he does. He sees me when I wake. He sees me when I go to sleep. He sees me. He knows me, and he identified me. He told me who I am. That's the only thing that matters. When you fear the Lord, have you ever seen you ever seen a, a, a Christian, maybe a woman, and you go, you don't know what it is, but she just got it going on. It's like I don't know what it is about you, but I want some of that on my life. When I when I met my wife, it was that same thing. I was like, I don't I don't know you, but I want to know you. I don't know what it is, but it's, it was her fear of the Lord. She, she feared God more than she thought I was cute. And I was trying to mack. <laughs> Let me holler at you for a second. Let me holler at you. Hey, 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 little mama. That's not what happened at all. I'm, I have no game. When you fear God, everything changes. You wake up different because I fear the Lord. You think differently because I fear the Lord. It, it, it's not like when you're driving down the highway and you see the cop. But if we were to use that analogy, when you do see a police officer, you straighten up. You'd be like, ooh, 10 and two. You, you're not even speeding, but you'll slow down because you respect his authority. You believe them. You believe, like, if they catch me going over the speed limit or doing whatever I'm doing or whatever, they, they're going to pull me over and I have to pay a consequence. Do you know what the consequence is of not fearing God? Apathy. Apathy is a consequence of not fearing God. Self-loathing is a consequence of not fearing God. And, and I sense that there are some people who are looking at me that, that you struggle with your self-identity because you're trying to identify with something and you can't seem to find what it is. You're like, I'm not like them, but I'm also not like them. I don't, I don't know... I don't know, I think maybe something is wrong with me because I can't even figure out who to, I, I can't even find my people, even the people that I, I'm around, I don't fully, fully feel comfortable with them. I don't even tell them some of the things that I think about when I'm alone because I don't truly identify with them. I, I don't, and I'm scared to say it to them, so I don't know what they would think about me if they knew what I thought. Two things I want to say. First of all, never be afraid to share with the right people. And some of those right people are in this room. These right people are in your small groups. These right people are your leaders and your pastors and your worship leaders. But the other part is, it's possible that those people that you're with, they'll never know you. But God does. 
He knows you. He hears you. He cares. He's standing with arms wide open and he keeps saying to you, you're like me. Your struggle is that you're trying to identify yourself with other people and God has said, I made you in my image and in my likeness. So why are you trying to identify with something that's not you? I put my spirit in you. It is written in your DNA. That's why there's that God-sized hole in your life because you're trying to replace it with something that's not God. And it'll never fit. It'll always stay empty. So I want y'all to say this with me together. Say, God help me be what you've called me to be. Help me see what you've designed. Again, say, God help me be what you've called me to be. Help me see what you've designed. Can y'all do something for me really quick? Actually, we just gonna be real. Can we be real for a second? I, I'm, I, I don't consider myself a prophet at all other than the fact that I share the word of God. And this may be a very vulnerable moment for some of you. But I'm gonna ask because this is not my thing but I feel like we have to do it now. I'm, I'm going to ask if there's, I'm going to ask those people in the room who are struggling with their identity. Let no one knows your stuff or your story. I'm going to ask, and I know this is hard. I'm going to ask you to just slip your hand up and say, yep, that's me. Would you all stand up? I know this is, this is much, just, just those people. Just those people. This is bravery. This is bravery. Oh, wow. I'm going to ask you to do one more thing. Come down here. Yep, come on, come on. Just look, 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 look. Scoop, scooch in, scooch in. Come on, everybody get in, get in, get in, get in, get in. Just take them up, look around, look, look. Don't look at me, look around, look, look, look. Mm. These are all, these are all the people that in their mind they think, I'm by myself. Don't nobody feel like this. Don't nobody think the way I do. No one struggles with their identity like me, look. This is, a, this is a whole small church right here of people who are trying to figure out who am I, God? What have you called me to be? And if, if y'all have all figured it out, y'all stand up. 
you either gonna stand up or you gonna come down here. Which one is it? Now for every, everybody that's up here, I want you to either grab a hand or put a hand on the shoulder. And, and, and if this isn't asking too much, I'm sorry, Mark, I wasn't planning on going here. If this isn't asking too much, the person that you're, you're hand on or you're looking, uh, holding, would you look in the eye real quick? Just real quick, look. Now do this, I know, I know, I know it's a lie. Do this real quick, look at them and say, you're not alone. Say it again, you're not alone, you're not alone. You're not alone. You're not alone. You are 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 not alone. I told the worship team in the back, I said, you are right where you're supposed to be so that God can do what he needs to do through you. It may feel awkward and it may feel funny some days and you're still trying to work out your soul identity and all that, but you are right where you need to be so that God can do what he needs to do through you. Come on, grab hands, grab hands, grab hands, grab hands. God, in the mighty name of Jesus, first of all, we come against the attack of the enemy. I need everybody's hands stretched up towards this way. We're praying for them. We stand against the attack of the enemy to steal our identity from us, to take from us what you have written inside our, our DNA. We are chosen, we are chosen, we are valued, we are worthy because you called us worthy. We are your sons and your daughters. We are the peculiar people that you have picked to do incredible things for you. And God, we will leave this place and not be the same way that we came in. God, we will leave this place with community. We will leave this place with friends. We won't be quiet. We won't be silent. We'll share our stories. It will be hard. It will be difficult. God, but we walk in the boldness and the courage of you right now we are your kings and your queens we are your sons and your daughters we are the ones that you have called to be bold you are not alone and you'll never be alone say this out loud God help me be what you've designed me to be God help me see what you've called me to be God, I'll never be the same again. I walk in the newness of life. In Jesus' name, amen. <laughs> Lastly, for all of you that are here, listen, don't, don't leave this place without a buddy. I know, you need an identity buddy. You, you need somebody to yell at you to say, what you doing? We, we don't do that. We don't do, no, we don't cry like that. No, we ain't depressed like that. No, we don't have anxiety like that. Cause no, we ain't scared like that. Cause God hasn't given us the spirit of fear. No, that's not us. Stop, no, stop that, stop that. That's not you. No, we don't do that. No, we don't talk bad about ourselves. Stop doing that. 
So get, get, you, get you a buddy, get you someone that you can link arms with so you can stop some of the behaviors that you've been walking through. How do you stop these habits and behaviors? You stopping by stopping. You stopping. Stopping. Because from now on, from now on, everything you do is no longer a habit. It's a choice. It's a choice. You made the decision to come up here. So now everything that happens from here on out, it's a choice. God, I choose you before I choose me. I choose you before I choose my depression. I choose you before I choose my anxiety. I choose you before I choose the words that my mother and my father spoken over me that weren't words of life. I choose what you say over me.